1: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network.
0: TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: Ravel. vicious, But brilliant! you with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The Magic Man has come up with another trick! Well, here's a chance
0: to seal it. It's done! It's Georgie Kelly!
1: Hello everybody, welcome back, this is New York Talk, the brother United podcast, and we have another fun game to talk about, <laughs> we have another fun one to talk about uh, at Tuesday night again, it's best for Michelle, we'll talk about that, uh, and we'll look ahead, Plymouth Argyle on Saturday afternoon, which I'm sure will be another fun afternoon. Uh, tonight is just me and Danny, how are you doing Danny? I'm doing alright,
2: I just want to apologise for any background noise, I am still at work, and... They've given me an hour off just so I can come and do the podcast, and so the noise you can hear is um, the cooler in the cellar, <clears throat> cause that's where I am, and uh, I hope you all appreciate the commitment I'm doing, because this cellar's haunted as well, yeah. so if, if you just see someone like reappear behind this wall behind me, just spam the comments about it, um, yeah. but yeah, but I'm here, let's get on with it and talk about another loss, shall we, full time.
1: Yes, another loss. Uh, yeah, so this is a Tuesday night game against uh, Swansea. No? West Brom? We already lost to Swansea already. Yeah. Um, Liam Richardson's first game in charge. Uh, you, we mentioned something in the Daniel, You used the word, it was confusing. I, I, it was because we, as a setup, we weren't bad. We, we were pretty solid. Defensively did all right. But we, were never gonna, we could be playing now in that same system. We still wouldn't have scored. It was that kind of game, weren't
2: it? Yeah, definitely. I think it was tiny, we were just Mm -hmm. grinding it was in for us. Um, But yeah, in the first half, we were were set up quite solid, you know. Mm -hmm. West Brom couldn't really find a way to break us down. We just sort of held them at bay and limited them to, you know, shots from distance, which were very, very poor. Um, But at the same time, going forward, we were just so flat. There was just nothing there at all. There were no outlets. At all for us, uh, and I think it's <clears throat> that shows the, the one man himself top, regardless of who it is, doesn't work because there's no outlet for it. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just so limited going forward. Like I said, we could, we could have been still playing now, but we still wouldn't have scored. I don't think, but at the same time, I don't think West Brom would have scored more either mm. um, <clears throat> because their first goal comes from a mistake uh, and a massive deflection. And the second goal is just an absolute piece of quality, which is something we have to expect in this league. Um, but in that regard, yeah, the football was flat going forward. The atmosphere was flat as well, because I think we were all just nervous about what was going to happen. Um, but defensively, bar one or two bits from Dexter, I thought we were all right. Hmm.
1: We definitely were. I thought it was one of Morrison's best games for us, actually. It was. It was in the yeah. classic see it, head it and kick it mode. And that's kind of what we need at this point. We we need that leadership to just put your head on the end of it. And Hacks followed suit uh, and Bramwell followed suit. It that kind of thing defensively did rub off on the team uh, from a defensive setup. And that, that was a good thing. Um but it just took away too too much. But defensively the, it was bad, but there are there are still some positives to take out of the game and that's what we're gonna try and do. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, we might be uh, pushing punching at straws a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I thought, yeah, like to say, I thought Morrison, even though uh, the job he did wasn't a uh, complex one, mm. um, he still did it well. <clears throat> um, and I also noticed that um, Morrison liked to get quite high up the pitch as well. And it's like, mm. hang on, senior centre halfs going on a wander is turning into FIFA this. Um, but at the same time, Adolphin slotted him perfectly and covered him, and I couldn't fault it for that. Like I say, I think. Um, even though he played it back four, three or a man good games, I think Cohen was off was off the pace, set piece wise a little bit. Um, but in terms of making runs forward and trying to push the, the game forwards, he did alright. We just never found him. Um, and I think the one player who didn't really perform the best was Dexter. I think he was a, just he just looked a little bit out of his depth. I think. Uh, And that's no disrespect to him, you know, he's a new manager, he's gone on loan to a club that's now gone through three different managers, if you include Wayne Carlisle. So he is is going to be a bit of all over the place, Uh, but at times he did really well, but at times he also did really, really poorly.
1: Yeah. We'll go, come back on to that. I mean, I was going go through some comments. Uh, Richard Brown says, Did the team, didn't the team try to impress the new boss, uh, new boss bound? I don't know, um, <laughs> She Shows two mistakes from us. First one we kicked straight to him. And probably to yeah, I can't agree with that. <laughs> How much of this was on Wayne Carlisle? How much of this on Richardson? So they've been in for like a few minutes, or so what were who, who, who you putting on where? you know what I mean? Much all yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
2: I, get, I get what he's trying to say. I think, um, certainly the team I think went out to try and impress Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to go out and say, I deserve to be in the starting eleven, which is what you do when you change jobs anyway. You know, I've changed jobs and I've tried to impress the manager and then realised, actually, I know what already is going to matter. You know, <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. I don't really think they can pin it on Richardson per se, other than the fact they tried to impress him. Because um, like you say, he only had what felt like five minutes with the team, I don't think he took a training session before. Or, if, or, if it was at, or if, even if he went to would he only watched and intake take it himself. <clears throat> Um, but the defensive solidness is something that we've looked at Richardson teams before and praised. You know, when Wigan came last season, they were very solid defensively. Um, so, I may, Wayne Carlisle tried to instil a little bit of that in them during the training session, he's got the brief. Who knows? You know, we might never know. Um, but at times, he very much felt like you know the, um, the Matt Taylor, Wayne Carlisle orientated way of playing uh, with just a little bit of Richardson sprinkling on it. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, it, it's, personally I'm not going to pin it on Richardson. I'll, I'll say that I'm not going to pin it on him. Uh, and I think anyone who does pin it on Richardson uh, has jumped the book massively. I think it's, yeah, it's just, just a mix of the two, trying to ingress a new boss, whilst playing an old method, whilst trying to learn a new methods as well. So it's just a bit up in the air, I think. Mm
1: yeah absolutely um yeah what I did notice and I don't know if you noticed this Danny was when uh when during the game I noticed Richardson was constantly giving instruction and obviously it wasn't his team but he was constantly saying one thing or another he was dragging Morrison over dragging Hacks over, dragging over, over so there's obviously he is trying to imprint himself on the team initially but I can imagine how difficult it must be because he's not picked the team we'll come on to the team selection in a minute because that needs talking about um, but you can see there is a, a, a will and a want of Richardson to try and implement something. Um, but it was just, it was too soon. The appointment the appointment was poorly timed, I suppose. But it, I mean, we had to get it done over the line. But we need, maybe needed an extra, even just a day would have made a difference, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um,
2: <clears throat> we've been saying that for the last four weeks. Like the appointment's come at a poor time. It should have been three weeks. It should have been an international break, to be fair. Um, in an ideal world, um, but I think that's just the sort of manager Richardson. And he's, up, he's constantly giving instruction. You know, he'll see where the holes are that need plugging, and he'll give the instructions to the players. I thought he was very brave of him in the uh, second half, I think it was, where he called over Ollie and it might have been Morrison potentially. Uh, where he called them over to the other side of the pitch for a throw-in or a set piece or whatever it was and it's like, can't this wait until afterwards. You know, can't can't this wait, like they're about to do something here. But those little bits of instruction is something we saw from Matt Taylor early on. You know, I seem to remember Matt Taylor being out with the notebook all the time, early doors, but then it sort of disappeared and it went quiet. You know, and he only really gave instructions when he he, he needed to. Whereas Richardson, um, at least in the West Brom game, sort of just tweaking the players up all the time, you know, giving just a little bit of instruction all the time. Um, but then when he didn't need to do anything, he went and sat in the dugout to watch the game properly. Um, so it, I, I do like that style of management, that little tweaking of things, but not massive tweaks. You know, it might be a little simple instruction of stand up to a more, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that, I, I, I just like Richardson. I, I hope. He sticks it out because
1: I like his style of management and uh, I think he's more honest in some regard as well. Honest in a political way, though. Yeah, fair. Um, Right, (laughs) we have, shockingly, we have Mick. Uh, Mick's made an appearance. Again, another tardy going on the the record, but how are you doing, Mick? Uh, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I've been busy at work. I'm really Sorry. (laughs) You sound like you've been working for about three months straight. You I feel like, I, <laughs> I, feel like I don't feel like I've eaten for about a week. But anyway, there you go. You could have eaten before coming on, but we appreciate the effort. Yeah, you've got to try. Yeah. A few people mention the sound we're working on. It. It's a work in progress, so bear with us. We're doing the best we can. Uh Mick, general thoughts on Tuesday. We've not talked into any real specifics yet, but. Okay at times, rubbish at times, just an odd night.
3: Yeah, it was. It was a hugely disappointing result in the end for me. Um I've, I've tried to keep away from social media this since the game, which is which has uh, not been that easy to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um and, and when I've when I have gone on there, I feel like I just feel like I'm I'm a lone person. Um, you know, it's we we've just sort of gone absolutely ballistic at the performance. And I don't think um, I think we were that bad defensively. We made two mistakes defensively in the game, uh, both of which led to goals. The first one, I mean, now the first one is just that's what happens when you get ball on that ball, Would have pro- Victor got it covered had it even reached him. You know what I mean? Before it took the deflection um, and the second one, nobody's stopping that one, but they both came from mistakes. Um, Nice to see Lombokisa getting called out from a pig to a dog by everybody, but nobody calling out Sean Morrison for making the same mistake. But hey, you know, I I, I get frustrated. I get frustrated. Um, The game, we were there. They were there for the taking. They were as bad a side, or it's as bad a performance as I've seen from a side this season down at New York Stadium. Um, they, They offered nothing. I mean, obviously they won the possession stats, by, by a country mile and they get the extra point for that. Uh, I think, but, uh, but in, in terms of, in terms of create creativity, in terms of goal threat with the exception of the two that they scored, they offered nothing. Uh, Danny were in more danger, stood behind goal than, uh, than the back of the net was. Um, so that's what's frustrating about it for me. Mm. Um, you know, defensively, like I said, I thought we were reasonably good apart from the two mistakes. Um, and, and then the deflection going forward, we offered nothing at all, nothing at all. Um, and that is a legacy, I think, of the, the Matt Taylor regime where we just don't want to put ball in box. We we just, it just, you've got Jordan Hugel up front who will create problems if you give him the ball in the box. And we don't, and we haven't done, we haven't done all season. Um, and for me, that's where, that's where the issue or the first thing to say you know, is, is 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 the first thing for the new manager to address. Get the ball in the box. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, frustrating, disappointing, but uh, in no way is it anywhere near as bad as some of the comments have been
1: on social media. Me, no. in my view. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Jan Bieber says they were at a canter. That's right, yeah. From a, from their defensive point of view, the defenders could like, won't have an easier game. Um, but they were difficult. We made it difficult form going forward, that sort of makes sense. I thought, yeah. Um, John Rell says he had a West Brom fan who says that it's one of the worst they've mm. played all season. He probably wasn't, obviously, complimentary. Um, uh, no, completely fair. Um, no. it just shows this league, they have done it, they were they were bad. And they are in the playoffs. Like uh, Ricks is just said, West Bromwich was so bad for fifth place. It yeah. blows my mind. But, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. but anyway, it, not it, gives an,
3: it gives an indication. As we've said many, many times in this league, the difference between top and bottom is is, is minuscule. Hmm. You know, because you know, had you watched that game on Tuesday night as a as a completely independent person who knew nothing about the leagues, and, and tried to guess the league positions, you'd probably guess bottom and second bottom. <laughs> Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So, anyway,
1: yeah, right. Let's talk about uh, let's let's go on, let's keep on the Dexter situation. Uh, your brother says the Dexter, the fullback that can't defend, he has come in for an incredible amount of stick, Danny. And I have sympathy for him, and my sympathy is that he shouldn't be playing at the moment. He needs taken out the firing line, and he shouldn't be playing. The problem is because we've signed Lee Peltier or kept Lee Peltier, which I think we should have done. Dexter, the other, your other right back has to play essentially every other game, so we don't have the opportunity to take Dexter out of the firing line and just say, "Have three weeks off." It come to train obviously. <laughs> come to training, get your head right, get yourself in the right position. You're a kid; you need to, you know, you, you need to learn. This is a learning experience. We can't do that because Peltier has got to have a game off, and he just needs to ta- he just needs taken away for a few for a few weeks. And I, just, I feel so sorry for him that, he, that he's still having to play. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I agree, because like you said, Feltier played that position, but you know, an article's come out today asking if Feltier's going to retire at the end of the season, mm. you know, so, like you say, it needs like, that games rest, or, or a minimum, it can only really do a maximum of 90 minutes and then a, a first half, essentially, mm. uh, until Dexter would have to come in anyway, I don't think Appiah would suit playing in the right back positions. position, cause he's, he's more of a going-forward player, but at the same time, when like Makisa is as well. You no, know, he's not as uh, defensively orientated as, say, Coe Branagh or Seb Revan is. Mm. Um, in an ideal world, we'd have kept Kiyosu and then we could have swapped and changed him mouth, which <clears throat> might be something we explore in January, we'll have to wait and see. I know a lot of people have drawn parallels to the Curtis Tilt situation with Chioso. Um but you never know, he might come back from here like Richardson and, and push on, I'll have to wait and see, you won't know until um, he actually calls him back. But, it just feels like the best way I can describe it is just a bad time for Dexter. Like you say, he could do we just getting on the training grounds, getting his head right, getting his confidence back about playing in the system, uh, and then going again. Um, and hopefully, Richardson is the one to crack that goal because I don't think Matt Taylor all went Carlisle beat. Uh, which is a shame because Taylor signed him. Uh, and I just want to apologise if there's any feedback as well because uh, every time a plan gets called upstairs, everything starts clicking behind <laughs> me because it's the gas going in the lines so I bought tasks for that
1: in advance by the way right. we're doing his best we doing his best yeah um, it, uh, John Morrell says uh, is the second half of the show Danny doing a cooking challenge any challenges is that where the food lives as well Danny or just the beer uh, no it's just the
2: beer um, so everything behind me is just pure cakes and ales uh, and then there's just tonic water behind me and then this door on me right inside, side that's where all wines and soft drinks and stuff are I'm not doing the uh, podcast in there because it's a hundred degrees or so in there.
1: Like, I'd just be sweating. Um, so I'd rather be cool in here. Um, if you want to have to talk about, I can take you on a tour of the cellar if you like. <laughs> but I'm more entertaining than talking about Robin United, to be fair. Um, yeah, make thoughts on Dexter. This is. I don't. What you your thoughts on what I just said? I, th- I think that's the issue that he's, he's got to play. There's no. There's no alternative that he's there and he's got to play, and that's that's the end of it really. And that. You've got surely got to have sympathy for that. Yeah,
3: hundred percent, hundred percent. This 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 issue stems back from Matt Taylor's um, dislike or dislikes not the right word, not fancying Peter Quill. which I still find remarkable. Um, he's now out on loan, and we can't get him back until until January. Um, whether he want to come back after the treatment he's out again on social media, who knows? Um, he'll have to obviously but whether we're going to get the best out of him we don't know um, Dexter is a 19 year old kid he's a kid he's a child almost he's only just a man he's only just an adult and yet he's getting called out and called out and called out he's an adult who's, who's out of touch a little bit it's his first full professional season as far as I can recall Yeah, yeah. And he's been thrown in at the deep end at the championship and when he's playing well, everybody's saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. He loses a bit of touch, he loses a bit of form, which he's going to do at that age. And all of a sudden he's the worst player ever to play for a club. I find it infuriating, to be honest with you. And if anybody thinks that in any way that's going to make him play better, I just the mind boggles really. Leave the kid alone. Leave him alone you know he is a good player he's a quality player he will be a quality player but he's 19 um yeah i agree with you at the moment he needs to be taken out of the firing line um just to regain a little bit of confidence regain a little bit of form um and 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 sort of just reset a little bit unfortunately because of the lack of cover in that area that's not going to be easy it's going to mean more games for lee peltier etc whether he's able I mean Lee Peltier, I'm sure, will believe that he's able to do it. Um the issue with that is it just it just strips any pace at all out of that back four. So that's a conundrum for the manager to to address. But uh, I feel for Dexter, I really, really do. He's an absolute quality footballer, no doubt about it. But he's he is a kid. Um and, and all these all these pelters he's getting everywhere are gonna affect him. It's inevitable. But we just keep doing it anyway. Um you know, I find it very, very
1: frustrating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. From a club are always near the top, including academy players during a season, young players will always be inconsistent in form wise. That's just how it is. If it was our player, it'd be getting it would be getting the time, it'd be getting the the space probably from the fans to do to make these mistakes. Cause he's a low knee, we, the standard for low knees is much higher, isn't it? That yeah. that's the thing. Whenever you bring a low knee, well, they well they must be better than what we've already got because we've signed them on loan from somebody. And obviously, that's not been necessarily the case with Dexter. Mm. That we are developing him for somebody else, which is frustrating. Um, uh, Shelley thinks that he just needs an arm around the shoulder. uh yeah. if you get his bearing, the place hasn't been great lately, let's face it. That's that as well. And also, I know it's great that he's playing international football, but he's having to go away to international football. He's not get, even getting two weeks off in the international break. No. to again have a week off, go relax and then get back into it. He's, he's constantly, constantly um having to having to play. He's a precious footballer. but he probably he probably still he loves it, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um I cannot yeah. Yeah. Uh let's go back to the starting lineup. Danny again this is Wayne Carlisle and Dan Green we, we assume has picked the pick the lineup. But for the life of me, I cannot understand why Sam Numbay didn't start that game. You could even have put him out wide instead of Apio or Bramwell or whatever you wanted to do. Um blow my mind blew my mind and it was shown to be correct because as much as Mick says right Hugo does a job in in certain circumstances we were asking Hugo to run the channels and things like that and it was just just absolute madness we were crying out for Nombe just to stretch their defenders a little bit and just try and do something and and I I can't work out why a 25 year old lad or whatever he is can't play three games a week to be honest with you yeah I agree Um, I think the only
2: justification we've got Hugo started was this against his former club at this point um, because Non had done really well in the games prior, he seemed to be growing into his role. Um, and me, we saw in the second half exactly why we should have started him. it,
0: because
2: he was stretching. I have no idea what that noise is, by the way. But um, well, he, he started stretching the defence straight away, and like I said, running the channels, getting in behind. The, the ball never found him, like, but well, that's what we should have been like for first minute, you know, when we had um Q, uh, when we had uh, West Brom, you know, quite quite at arm's length defensively uh, we should have had someone like Nombe running the channels disrupting the defence to push us on in the game and we might have had a little bit more luck going forward to so, like created a few more chances because Hugo very rarely very rarely created a chance at all because he was just waiting for the ball in the six yard box, and not really we're in the channels, but he's not that sort of centre-forward, mm. you know, he's, he's the wrong centre-forward to be playing in that system, whereas someone like Numbay, who can nip about a fair bit on that front line, and be it left wing, right wing, in the middle, and just swapping and changing for everybody, that is the player that we needed, and that's the sort of player that will suit Richard's system as well. Mm. Um, so I was very, very surprised not to see Numbay, I don't know whether he was like, knock or what we've not heard anything about it um hopefully we've seen the
1: error of that selection and not very start against the limit. uh john Morell says i'm impressed that danny's boss is happy to pay him to talk about football or is this the longest barrel change known to mankind
2: <laughs> I, I i can answer that as well to be fair because because um, one staff member just hasn't turned up one new staff member hasn't turned up um my manager asked me if I could work until close tonight, which is going to be midnight, which is going to be fun. Um And I said, I can do, but I need an hour for the podcast because I can't miss it. And it has gone, yeah, that's fine, I don't worry about it. So, thank you, Jack. I've been paid to talk about football last time at work, not
1: now a professional, that's what it means. Well, um, well,
2: I'm like a sort of professional. I'm like a semi-pro. <laughs> I'm doing a different job will still be paid for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the non situation, Mick, I understand the Bramall situation. I understand when we're putting Bramall in that attacking side of things. Mm. But we saw in the last 20 minutes of the game that non did play out-wise. And did very well, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, yeah. And we talked about this. How many weeks ago did we talk about putting non as a wide man just because he, he has got some attributes that could help with that kind of thing? Yeah, so put yeah. Appiah down left because he's left-footed. And put non-bay out right. Even if you want to play Hugo, that's great. But mm. then you've got those two out-and-out wingers because... Bramall does a decent job, but he looked he was making runs at the wrong time. He was he was just doing everything wrong at the wrong time because he's not a winger. Whereas Nombe has that attacking idea. So even if he's not gonna play him as a central striker, Nombe had to play either way for me. Yeah, he did. And he had to
3: play up front, in my view. Um I understand why Jordan Hugle played. I get that, I understand that. But if you're gonna play him, you need to play up two up front mm-hmm. because you need he needs some support up there. Um, and he, and he didn't get any of it at all the ball just bounced off him um so you know it it, it was it was a tactically it, it wasn't right um to to do that to play hugo or or, or drop non should i say um why you would play him in a position that's not suited to him or he's not his not natural position i, I don't get that You're more than capable of putting him where he should be playing, which is up front. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Cohen Bramall out on the left. Um, I felt sorry for him because I don't agree with you. I don't think he did make runs at the wrong time. I thought the runs that he made were absolutely right. Um, And every time he made the run, the player in possession of the ball looked at him and turned away. He was never given that opportunity to run in behind, and it was perfect that that game was set up for him. It, a, a couple of balls over the top to 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 Cohen Bramall, and we would have been away. Um, and each time he made the run, we turned away. And it, it just feels like that the, the tactics that we've been playing all season are that the, there has been no progressive play. Very very little progressive play, with the exception perhaps of the Birmingham game, where we did create chances, we did get forward, we got the ball forward, and we 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 kind of attacked Birmingham particularly in the second half. Um, That there there seemed to be no attacking intent at all last night. That's not true, but very little, you know. Oh, sorry, I'm Tuesday night.
0: No,
1: I I think very little is being kind. Were there any?
3: Well, very little, very very little. and and it's tactically, I think, is is after battle here. Yeah. We just seem to be have no intention of putting that ball forward, you know. Um, so, yeah, I thought Numbers should have started. Definitely, it's arguable whether Jordan Hugo should have started, and I can see why he did with it being his own mm-hmm. team. Um, but the, the the bottom line is, you've got to get you've got to get the
1: ball forward. You've got to get the ball forward. Mm. Yeah, we have. Uh, Ryan says, Hugo doesn't press from the front like Nombi did. No, he didn't. It was a lot on um, Rathbone, so you don't press, but he can't on his own. Hugo hasn't
3: got the pace. No, he hasn't, no. That's not his job. His job is to be in the bail, in the penalty area, receiving the ball. And, and he's never in there because we never get further, far enough forward for him to do it. He will score goals. We know he will. He's a goal scorer but he's going to do it in the box and we're not putting the ball anywhere near the box. Mm. Um, and, and that's the issue, but that has been the issue for game after game this season. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a legacy of what Matt Taylor was trying to create, uh, but, but either wasn't able to, was unsuccessful at, all, or, or just couldn't do, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. Um, and, and if it continues, then we will go down with less than the whimper that we've created already. And uh, mm. if we change it, who knows?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Kelly for Bob said we didn't lay a glove on them, unfortunately. I'm sure so they keep having one of Tony Stewart's cigars. Yeah, it uh, might as well have done, to be honest. Um, yeah, Nyambiba uh, says number the one diamond that comes out of Taylor's sinking ship looking that way. Ironically, all his best games are after Matt Taylor left, which is odd, but it, that's, that's that's where we are in life and football. Um, mm. Ian Bradley says, "Can anyone tell me what Appiah brings? Because I'm confused." He's one of these. He's one of those players, Danny. I think that's an old-fashioned winger that is great when he's on it. I can't remember game. We a couple of games ago, he, he had a, he had a few moments. Think about Birmingham. Actually, he had a few runs which were brilliant. He, he took the game to their defenders, and it were it were really good to watch. The last two games, he, at times, he might as well have not been there. And again, this is a this is a waste of a loan. Might be harsh but I'm expecting better. The, the, the level we expect of loans is higher and Appiah's not hitting that sort of level I expect from a loan player, sadly. Even though it, it was hyped up and everything else in the summer, is not quite it hit the heights that we uh, we expected. Well,
2: I think that goes for most at loan players, to be fair. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but against uh, West Brom, it almost was like Appiah had a completely different job because he didn't leave their number three alone. I'm surprised he didn't go into showers with him after a game. (laughs) You know, he he just didn't leave him alone. And this is something that I've drawn parallels with uh, Richardson's previous previous way of playing, is that it's more man-marking based. It's man-marking and high-pressing. And we saw a little bit of that with Appiah. And when he followed their number three, we were very, very solid on, on Appiah's side. And they never... Really got any danger down that side. It's only when it started to go a little bit wrong after um, their first goal, where Appiah almost seemed to be caught in two minds do I stay with the number three or do I defend? You know, we're a goal down, we don't want to be anymore. Um, and that's where I think it all fell apart with, with Appiah because he just got confused on what job he was doing um, because <coughs> um, we were trying to go further forward so he didn't know whether to push forward or stay with the number three. when in the defensive situations but then no one was covering their number three without him being there and they were getting overlaps on that side and I think Api just got caught out against Westbrook because just, just, we didn't know what job to do but when he knew what his objective was which was to stick with their number three they we were very good at it mm. um, and then I thought going forward it was also quite good until the second half mm. um, and, and I think this is, comes back to what we said at the start the performance as a whole was just come. Using it, but it. it felt like a Richardson performance in the first half and then a Matt Taylor performance in the second half.
0: Hmm.
2: Where no one really knew what the job what the jobs were. Um but I think Appian did the job he was told to do well in the first half, but in the second half he didn't know what job to do, so he didn't do it really anything I think.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At Participating Restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: Um so we put on here um where is it where's it going about Appia? Uh, Happy had a says, Happy had a ball a few times in the second half, screaming to run at them. He just turned inside. Is a confidence issue. He's left-footed, and we're playing on the right-hand side. So if he goes and takes the man on, he's almost got nothing to do then because he's on the byline with no right foot uh, from the brief we've seen him. So I assume it's just uh, I didn't understand. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> I just don't understand. Um David Hope says, a big concern regarding the lack of performances coming from Rathbone. Rather than don't play well when he's not on it. Need to get him playing again. He, tick, he ticks and we have half a chance of, against anybody. Yeah, this is one of the oddities of the season, Mick, for me, to be honest with you. Because last two seasons, it's been, with Rathbone plays, we are in the game. One way or another, we are in that game. And for some reason, Rathbone's dropped off. And I don't know whether that's just the system he's been asked to play and It's just really not suiting him. Uh, you know, whether he's playing with the, sort of the lead on a little bit or whether if the contract situation still ongoing. And maybe that's how we saw it with Ben Wiles last season with the transfer mm. stuff and, and everything else. But for one reason, no, the Rathbone's not ticking, as as, as David's put. And when he doesn't tick, we don't tick. And that's been so obvious this season. I think he's been asked to do too much. I agree.
3: You know, I think that's the issue. And... Um, He's now got Jamie Lindsay alongside him, but they're not really playing alongside each other. They're playing in front and behind each other. Um So, you know, he's, he can't, he needs Jordan Hugel, he needs somebody up front who's also going to join in that press. And, you know, John Hugel, with the best will in the world, is not able to, 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 to help him doing that. So he's, he finds himself doing it on his own. Um, So, yeah, uh, he's not ticking you right or he's not, he's not, I think he's, I think he's probably his performance level is there, but the output is not quite, if that makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's making the same runs. He's doing the same pressing, but unfortunately there's nobody helping him. So it's not effective or not as effective. Um, So it's, yeah, it's, it's all
1: very worrying. I'll be honest, all of it. Yeah. I agree. Simon Thorn Thorne with a positive, which we like, Sam. He says, I like in Revan more and more. He settles in. Yeah. I thought Revan was decent on, on uh, Tuesday, it's, whenever it was.
3: Listen, and, and and that arrangement with Revan and Bramall on that left-hand side, I really like because they overlap. You know, they both know what they need to do going forward. They both know what they need to do at the back. The problem with it is is that there seems to be a, a, an attitude across the whole of the team where getting that ball forward is, is not what we want to do. We don't, we're we, so many times, as, as somebody just mentioned in the comments, there. You know, we we, we had a, a bit of a forward run, and we turn back inside. We turn back inside, and it's like we 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 want to play a bit of possession-based football, but we don't. We're not. We caught between, you know, between two minds and end up just losing the ball and going backwards. Um So th- we need to be more progressive, and I think that's what Liam Richardson has said, certainly in his, per- his pre. Um, his first interviews so he's wanted to get more penetration into that final third we're not doing that we are just simply not doing it um, and haven't been for weeks and weeks and that's where the problem lies me anyway
1: yeah um, uh, Rob Sennest agrees that Reverend and Br- Bramwell were okay on the left but we need strength on the right he says mm. also, uh, also need to gamble also need to gamble with more forward passes knock it down the channels and work the opposition yeah not to Jordan Hügel, though. Because no. he, he, he can't do that job anymore. I mean, I'm not even able to do it three or four years ago, but he can't. That's not his role right now. He can't do it. Uh, so, give him the box and give yeah. him the ball. Correct. Uh, Kelly Pupps also mentioned interestingly with the training ground yesterday. They normally have a day off. Yeah, I like that. Liam Richardson it's not, it's not. It wouldn't have been an old-fashioned. You know, you're doing 50 laps at training pitch and then take a shower, a cold shower, and get off home. It would have been meetings and talking about the situation and. Hopefully, get a bit of a feel-good factor back at the club because that's what's missing. One Mm -hmm. of the things that's missing uh, is a bit of positivity. Um, The title of the show is, is there a way back? Ian Bradley says no. Danny, we're eight points adrift. We're still eight points adrift. The midweek games didn't go against us, uh, which is even more frustrating. How could a win would have been perfect? Um, But we're eight points adrift. We've got Plymouth away. We've got Leicester away. Then you've got Middlesbrough at home. Then then comes the January transfer window um talk to me about the season because we feel it's slipping away and that's a kind way of putting it that it's slipping away it feels like it's it's so far away from anywhere it needs to be for me a minute
2: yeah it's like it almost feels like one of those dreams where you're trying to catch something and the more you run the more the further away it gets um for for me personally, and I said this on Radio Chef uh, before the game, I'm still a quiet optimist that something would happen because football's a funny old game. We've seen teams get out of worse situations, we've got out of worse situations. All right, fair enough, it's a borderline miracle if we were to <clears throat> stay up and be safe before the last game of the season, this season, because of um, like eight points and then still being in the fight, you know. Um, another team is picking up form as well, which I think the only danger to that is probably QPR really picking up because I don't think some Wednesday will. Um, but I'm still quite optimistic that something could happen. We still have time to turn it around. It's not like we're eight points adrift with four games left. You know, we're eight points adrift with 24 games left, is it? 24, 25 games left ish?
1: 25 now, I think.
2: Yeah, 25 ish. Yeah, I call it 25 games left. So there is still a quiet optimism that we can do it. It'll take a massive effort, don't get me wrong, and I think Richardson understands that. However, it's still possible. And whilst, to, to quote the old thing, when, the, when there's a will, there's a way, you know, it's just the question of do we have the will to do it? Do the players have the will to do it? Does Richardson have the will to do it? Do the fans have the will to do it? Based on the atmosphere Tuesday night, now, because I think we're so scared of just dropping away that everyone just was quiet, and I think now with Richardson, it just takes that one little spark and the fans will be up for it. And then when the fans are up for it, the players will be up for it. And then that just keeps going round and round the and circle and can pull it off. I think a lot of people have buried it already and gone, now we're relegated this season, we'll just get ready for next season. But it's like, no, we've still got a transfer window and another uh, five months of the season to go. Mm. You know, so I'm still a quiet optimist. call it optimism or call it stupid say whichever it is but i'm still hopeful that something
1: will happen and if not i just don't finish for wednesday that's a little win isn't it fair enough yeah um everybody says there's no hope at all you don't get eight eight points but when you're when you are literally anywhere in the league to keep three teams below you uh mick where are you on the scale is it done and dusted start planning for shrewsbury or (laughs) is there we still got plenty left in the tank. I,
3: I'm completely the opposite to uh, to 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 what to what yeah, has said. There, completely opposite. I mean, I don't agree with it. Uh, we're 25 games in. Uh, what's that? 75 points to play for. You know, it, 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 it's yeah. just <laughs> no. I mean, history tells us probably that teams in this position don't get out of it. It also tells us that some do. Um so yeah, why you would give up hope at this point in the season is not it, it doesn't comprehend with me it doesn't it, it's just it just doesn't make any sense to me because there's so many points to play for um but the performances have to we have to improve and they have to improve very very quickly um the points need to be started we need to be put start putting points on the board um very very quickly or or, or if we don't, obviously, then that hope gets less and less and less. Um I, I'm I'm still I'm neither positive nor negative, to be honest with you. Um, because part of me thinks now with well, us that we'll probably not get out of this because history says we won't, and then the other side of me is saying, Well, there's there's so many points to play for, so um, I don't know where we're at, at the moment. I need to wait and see a, that, uh, what effect Liam Richardson has on the team, um, but vitally, what effect he has on the way that we play and the way that we approach games. And couple that with when he's, when he's Humphreys back, when he's Blackett back, when he's Cafu back, um, you know, the, the, and, the, and the other players that are injured as well. So it, it's entirely possible. Of course, it's entirely possible. There's no way I'm going to write it off, and I won't write it off until it's mathematically not possible, um, because that's the way to do it. I mean, why would you? Why would you? I, I don't want to depress myself any more than I have been after seeing some of these performances over the last few weeks. You know what I mean? Mm. We can still do it, of course we can, of course we can. So no, I'm not writing it off at all. I don't. I don't. That, it, it's just my again. It's just all about opinions, isn't it? Uh, mm. But I don't agree with that. I don't think we're down at all.
1: Yet no, I, I, I think it's good to have, I said on Sort certain show last night that I think we're. Very, I think it's going to be very very difficult. I don't think we're down, but I think it's going to be very very difficult. All we want is to have a go. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's all we're asking for. Let's just have a go. If it's not good enough, do you know what? So be it. But let's be. Let's let's see that positive. Let's see the try and put the opposition under a bit of pressure. Mm. Let's just have a go if like are not good enough so what we, we move on we'll, we'll be back at Championship in two years time probably anyway because we know that's how it works Um yeah. so but just have that just have that will to try and win and we're not having that that's what we didn't see on Tuesday weren't it there wasn't really yeah. a will to win in the game
3: sure. in and that's the key I think that's absolutely the key for me that that desire to win the game hasn't been there probably in any of the games this season even the ones that we've actually won yeah. you know the ones that we've actually won for me, it feels like, and I'm not saying that is the case, but it feels like we've kind of won by default just because we've we managed to, you know, we've managed to score a couple more. Um, but the desire, the the fight, the the absolute sort of single mindedness to win a game doesn't doesn't appear to be there. What mm. appears to have been there is the desire to try and implement the tactics that they've been told to implement. And that will then, the manager obviously felt that that would then lead on to the wins. But it didn't. It didn't even come close. Um, And I think that's where um, that's where Liam Richardson's um, work has to focus. It has to focus on the psychology of it. We need to win this game. We're not here to just stay in it and hopefully get something out of it. We're here to compete. And I think it feels to me that and, and, and you look back at the previous regimes that some of the comments that, that Matt Taylor made in some of his interviews, and, and it felt like he was approaching it from the point that he didn't think that we were good enough to do it. Yeah. He, he felt that we weren't good enough. And therefore his tactics reflected that in that, you know, we'll, we'll try and stay in the game and nick something. That's not that that's that is absolutely for me, in my opinion, the wrong approach to it. Um, but the, the the performances on pitch have reflected that, you know. If we if we attack these teams, we may well still go on to lose. But by not attacking them, we lose anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're capable. We are capable. The squad that we have is capable. And I've said it right from minute one of this season is more than capable of stopping in this division. Absolutely. I have no doubt about, about that whatsoever. But they've got you've got to approach the games in the right way. And we yeah. have it, and it's been that lack of desire to win, for me.
1: Yeah. Um, John says, only takes a couple of, dare I say, lucky results to turn a season around, uh, yeah. so never lose up. That's the point, in it? If, you, if you're trying, pick up a couple of dodgy results and, and off you go. Ryan yeah. says, that's the only thing we can do, we give it a go. I think Richard has the capability to do just that, agree with me. We've got to approach this game with a positive mindset. Mm. Jamie says he misses League One. miss, miss that wooden feeling almost every week. <laughs> at home, uh, I know what you're saying, Jamie. I get that. Uh, Might as well says, hopes were right. i thinks we're in fantasy football land, and not sure what we, they are uh, what they are seeing to give us hope, even with the players come back. We haven't seen anything to give us hope. It's just the Liam Richardson effect. I think we're pinning. We're, that's all we can do, isn't it? Just pin something on something. And the Liam Richardson effect is, the, is what, we're, what we're trying to hug, basically. We're looking at a ch- changing approach to games, you know, changing how we approach these games, for me. but so, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Anything else, Danny, make anything else from the, from the West Brom? I forget what we played, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh. yeah, they were both that forgettable, weren't it? It was, sadly. Um, right. Moving forward to Plymouth Argyle. Um, Seventh-best home record in the division. Um ROA record is well, we all know what our way record is. We all know we all know where it is. Um, but Danny, this is Lee Bush's first proper game in charge. I don't know if it was charged, but, but he's had they'll travel down on Friday, so they'll have had two and a half days with the training with with under under Liam Richardson now. Um what do you expect? And I know that's, that's a really tough question because we don't know this kind of thing, but are you expecting and Matt Taylor kind of stay in the game and hope for the best or are you, th- are you hoping we're just going to try and bloody their nose maybe early on?
2: Um, I think it would be a lot to ask to suddenly change Richardson's tactics for the get-go. Obviously, it needed a bit of time to be learned. <clears throat> um, but I'd like to see more high-pressing of the ball, you know, really going after him not standing still, because at times we stood still against West Brom and use it really hurt the crowd when we just get to them, you know, again, no one really knows what we're doing. Um, but I hope at Plymouth <coughs> we really get in the faces and start high pressing the ball. I hope we start Sam number and we have him supported in the high press um, and I don't think they'll like it personally. I don't think uh, they'll like if we do the high press on their home patch um, and um, it's one of them where it's like, I, to approach it Matt Taylor's way and just hope we stay in the game, so that makes that it's the wrong way to approach football. You have to approach football with winning the game because it's a winning basement, um, winning So if we approach the game to stay in it, well, simple as that. If we approach the game to try and get a goal, get in the faces, and really press them. If we concede whilst trying to do that, fair enough, we'll have to have a change of tactic, but if we do that and we don't get a goal and we get a draw, fair enough. You know, if we do that and we get a goal, we'll upset him, also fair enough. Um, if we combine the solidity of the first half against QPR with a high press, A, that's basically what how Richardson complied up his team, to so also B, it has the, the bones to be effective, whether or not it will be in our case, we'll have to wait and see, because, like you say, Richardson's not really had chance to implement it fully, But I'd like to see more little sparks of it. I talked about little sparks at the start of the season. We've had sparks throughout the season, we've just not got going at all. But a lot of central, centralised on, not using the midfield and not pressing the ball. We've now got a manager who does that.
0: Hmm.
2: So so I'd like to see the little bits of Richardson ball, if you like, uh, starting to shine through against Plymouth. But at the same time, I'm not too forced to lose it because it's still not enough time to bed in his tactics completely. Give it to Leicester, then maybe. But well, then again, it's Leicester at the top of the league, so. Uh, um, yeah, just go and press the ball, that's, that's all I ask. Press the ball, get us, get fans excited about it. Don't stand off anybody because the moment you stand off him, you give them time to properly think and pick and pass. If you press him, it goes on instinct. Mm. You know, where they're going to put the ball. If you and if they don't have the natural instinct or they can't think quick enough, then you make a mistake and you can pounce on the mistake. If you give them time to think they won't make the mistake. Mm. So, and we've allowed teams too much time on the ball by like not pressing them. And I just don't do that against Plymouth.
1: Yeah, I hope so as well. The home form as I mentioned is very, very good. There's only only Ipswich have scored more home goals than them this season. Uh more than Ipswich uh, more than let more than Leicester and Leeds. Um, that they've scored, uh, they were record uh, they're records okay, not special either way, particularly. But, um, yeah, make same question to you. What do you want to see? Is it the same thing Danny just mentioned? Just a bit of bite about us, maybe? Uh,
3: I want, I want to, um, I just want to see something different, is what I want to see. To, to the way that we've approached it way games. We've gone over it and over it and over it over previous podcasts of you know what we don't want to see. So we just want to see the opposite of it. Um I'll be interested to see what what impact he's managed to have over the two or three days on the run up to this game since since Tuesday night. I, I, I don't expect to see a massive impact, but would I'm I'm just I'm curious. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm honest with you. I just want to see a bit more progressive football. Get the ball in the box, or certainly get it into the final third. You know, uh, and don't start fanging about with it at the back. Just get it up there, um, and and let's let's see what happens. So, um, I'm I'm just curious. I'm curious to see, but I want to see some fight. I want to see some fight because we haven't seen we've seen very little in any of the away
1: games this season. So we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't seen anything. We've got two points so far in the road this season. We can more than double it with a win. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? And uh, i've five yeah. points by way of points. Like i can yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Danny, how big is this game? We're eight points adrift, and John uh, Sean mentioned in the comments earlier that every plays each other down there this season, this, this weekend. There's a lot of teams playing each other. How big is this game? <laughs> had we had some positive results, we were saying it's Plymouth away. It's a tough game. You know, if we get something, that's great. But it's a tough place to go now we're sitting here saying that we've not we've lost his last two at home and we're sort of saying well we've got to get something at this point and especially Leicester next week as well
2: yeah in, in that regards it's a really important game Um I mean I'm slightly going to contradict myself by saying if we lose, it doesn't really matter because we're still betting these tactics in but at the yeah. same time in the course of the season with everybody like I say with everybody sort of playing everybody else down our neck of the woods this season um that makes it an important game which might put greater emphasis on destruction based high press. You know, if Clifford scoring all the goals this season bar um then it's just destruction, don't let them play they want to play. I'm not saying it's a case of just going out just to sabotage them. It's going out and not giving them time on the ball to play the how they want to play, and you do that high pressing. If you play around it and you've got the defensive solidity, then fair enough, that's um we still we saw that against West Brom in the first half, defensive solidity. So if you combine the two, then, you know, we might get a goal. Might we'll wait and see if we want the front foot. Um but I I, I if you put this down for your score prediction as well if you like. I do have visions of it being a nil nil again. Nil no, nil. No.
1: Okay. Highest home scores in the division, nil nil. Yeah. I imagine we've got the worst away conceding record as well. me just double-check that for us. Uh, yeah, we've conceded 25 goals away from home this season, which wow. is comfortably the worst. The closest to Sheffield Wednesday and, and Birmingham. They've both conceded 20. So <laughs> five worse than everybody else's. Uh, yeah, the, the bottom six all play each other this weekend. So the... the, the uh, go on. Yeah, Wickham... Yeah. Um, Millwall <laughs> Huddersfield, Millwall host Huddersfield, Plymouth host us, and QPR play Sheffield Wednesday as well. Um, big weekend because we if we lose that, we lose Saturday. There's at least two teams picking up some points, isn't there? At yeah, least yeah, two yeah. points. Yeah, potentially all four uh, picking up at least a point. So, um, one of the quirks of the footballing calendar that mm. picks itself up every so often. Um, yeah. Let's do. Danny's done his goal prediction. I'll take nil nil. I'd be shocked if it's nil nil, but I would half take that. I don't know. I'm not sure actually. Mick, two, two one? one, yeah. Uh, it's going to be goals. I don't. I can't. I can't see it being a nil. I could see a three two or four two kind of game. I will go four two, but to Plymouth, sadly. Um, I think we're going to go for it. I think we'll be positive this season, but. This this happened on Saturday, sorry. But you just never know. You? you just never know. Um just get some imagine if we're getting away with it just before Christmas. i imagine how how better we'd all feel on Saturday if we come yeah. away with three points. <laughs> You'd feel like the whole uh, just world's been lifted off your shoulder. I'm not convinced it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um but just yeah. to so just imagine that we're at that stage in in the season, so in terms of the season, where imagining um, we're imagining imagining a win is as good as it can get at the minute for us. Mm. The win yeah. itself almost feels too far away. The, the, the Just the thought of the win's uh, mad. <sighs> mad, yeah. Uh, Harry says 2-0 to Plymouth. John Morrell says 2-2. I think it'll be a nervy game. Jamie says 2-1. Ryan says, I think we'll be in the game, but he thinks we'll lose 1-0. Ryan says 3-1 to Plymouth. Um, Ian Bivis says, maybe going to be 1-0. Steve Gundy says 2-2. Martin Mill says 3-1 to Plymouth. CJ says 0-0. Um yeah, Charlie Shelley says. Do we think if we, would have come in the interest break, we'd be in a better, a better position this four week delay till till could potentially be the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. You're probably right, there may be a conversation for the end of the season for a season review. Um, but I suspect you could have hit the nail on the head there, Shelley. To be honest with you, Rick's asks how many we're taking. Well, what I do, we've done the scan report. What I do know is that Plymouth have started selling tickets in what is normally their way end. Um, so not many. To be honest with you, if there's more than 200, I'll be half surprised to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Who's the referee? Oh, Mick, do you have know, a really tough, long, hard week at work? You need cheering up, don't you?
3: No, I know who referees, mate. I know. <laughs> but on the, on the upside, whilst I still haven't and will probably never, ever forgive him that Barnsley game, you know... I'm not going to say any more you know what I do. you know what I was about to say so we'll say nothing
1: yeah. more we good for anyway don't know it's um Gavin Ward what was it Grant Ward Gavin Ward is the referee um strangely enough it's worth mentioning that our record under uh, Gavin Ward recently is actually okay mm. we have a surprisingly good record under him um other than the Barnsley game obviously um so that's worth just bearing in mind um it me probably means nothing. They've also announced the referees for the next two games as well. And uh, if you've seen the referees next next Saturday, Mick. Yeah, are you gonna me up in for, uh, Is it Keith Stroud? It's not Keith Stroud, no. Oh, um bear with me. I've got it here. I just want to make sure I'm getting, make sure I'm getting it right. Yeah, it's uh, Mr. Bond. You are kidding me. <laughs> Darren Bond at Leicester. <laughs> Leicester. Yeah. At the Leicester game, yeah. You know, the Premier League. Anyway, anyway we'll, we'll cover that next week. Yeah, I'll cover that
3: another day. We'll
1: cover that next week. Um, would you prefer Gavin Ward or Darren Bond? Mick? Gavin Ward every day of every Ooh, week. I, I would as well. Every week. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. We do predictions. There we go. Sorry about the sound issues tonight. We've... Uh, these two have had work issues tonight so we look you're lucky we're here at all there was almost a postponement of the podcast because these two have to you know selfishly put their paid jobs before their voluntary roles but we will have words we'll we'll see what we can do in future we also keep an eye on our schedule because we don't know what we're going to do for that the christmas schedule because obviously we would normally record on the 24th which is a sunday which is obviously christmas eve chance of us recording at eight o'clock on christmas eve is pretty slim um so we'll have to work out what's going to be post Leicester game, but we'll keep it on the socials on that. Um because we'll need a discussion. Boys, anything else? Anything else yeah. we need to mention? Um I mean if I show you the thing I'm taking over from work if you like, I just completely change
2: the
1: vibe. Uh, let's, 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 uh, yeah, do, uh, while you do that. So no, I'll, I'll go and get it there with. Then he's going to show us what he's been, he's been gifted by work. John Morrell says Christmas Eve is a Saturday, no, Christmas Eve is a Sunday, so we play Leicester on the 23rd. We would obviously normally do the put interview put, out post match on the day after. But well, don't know what we're doing. Um, all this Mickey taking all this stuff, Mickey taking referees in a week when the referee's been thumped, yeah. Obviously, we don't. That was terrible to see the guy in Turkey, actually, I can't remember his name, but obviously, that's a, a situation embarrassing. he's fixing. Embar- embarrassing, yeah, embarrassing. and... I think we're lucky that we'll never see that in the English game because I think, uh, I just don't think we will. Um, But they need to make sure as much protection as possible put in for referees from bottom, bottom, from bottom to top, I mean, obviously you hear stories of amateur referees and things like that. We need to make sure the referees are protected. We can all joke about referees and and say they're rubbish and this, that and the other, but there are serious consequences as you see in Turkey this week. So (laughs) we're, we're here to have a good laugh. Uh, but that wasn't obviously laughing no matter what happened uh, in the week.
3: People need to grow up, really do. People do need to grow up. But and and you're right, it needs addressing from every angle. And and one of those angles is is IFAB or UEFA, whoever it is, who are complicating these rules and making it so difficult, so difficult for referees to do the job that they are. They are essentially inviting mistakes from the referees, which then creates. Imbeciles like this, or create situations where imbeciles like this can behave, or do behave in the way that they did, and, and it's utterly outrageous that that happened. Um, and one of the ways is make the life that make the life of a referee easier by making the rules, laws easier to implement, and then we take away some of the frustration that these people are incapable of keeping themselves together. Mm-hmm. Um, that is in no way, in no way is that a way of excusing that sort of behaviour because it's outrageous.
1: Yeah. Um, on a more positive, Jan Bibber's in Iceland, looking for Carrie Arneson. If you see Arnie, give him a wave, give him yeah. a wave from us. Um. Danny, what do you have?
2: So, well, I'm going to take this home and try and restore it for the pub. It's an old brass beer tap, oh, wow. complete with um, advertising ring for whatever brewery it is, so I'm going to take that home and- restore it. it's really heavy as well so, I'm gonna that exactly. there. so yeah so no idea how old that is but um yeah i'm gonna try and restore it for the pub happy days and i've been here two days <laughs>
1: there, there's one for the audio listeners yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> thank you everybody thank you for being with us tonight um please make sure you subscribe the subscriberships going up keeps going up and up and up so thank you everybody who has, who has done that so far make sure you subscribe we will be back on Sunday evening, which will obviously be the review of the Plymouth game. The scam report has has been done. That's ready to go. I'll probably upload it tomorrow. Uh to schedule it out tomorrow afternoon sometime, which is with Joe from Argyle Life. I got his name wrong when I, when I recorded, but his name is Joe. Always um, a lovely, nice chat with him. He gives us a lowdown on Plymouth, Stephen Schumacher, the players that might be playing, the players that won't be playing. Mikel Miller, we had a Mikel Miller chat, which I'm sure Miller's be really interested in. Um, spoiler alert, he still gets injured quite a lot um sadly for him uh but that's in there as well that'll be up tomorrow at some point Make um, sure you subscribe for that as well if you're on itunes spotify make sure you've liked uh subscribed on wherever you're listening iTunes Spotify, or whatever Give gives a five star rating if you can do already and make sure to follow us on x and facebook as well where we have all our social media stuff um mick thank you very much i appreciate the effort of turning up thank you very much yeah i'm going i need something to eat now yeah Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate it I feel as well, mate. It's always appreciated. It. Yep,
2: yeah, no worries at all,
1: that's... We'll see you all next time. Thank you for watching. And all the best.
2: It's a wild, wild ball through ball. a Goal, Slossy beyond vonringer, and the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire derby. Oh. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win at Bramall Lane.
1: He's on the edge of the box, Adolphin. He can hit them, and he does. Oh! Secured their
3: championship
0: status for next
1: season.